of Where Are We Now, where I, Rivka Reyes, get to connect, chat, and kiki with fellow folks who came into the sweet spotlight when they were kids, like myself. You know, it's a two-part episode, because personally, I don't like listening to podcasts that are longer than 50 minutes long, Um, and even then, I like do the, um, I listen to them in like 1.2 speed, sometimes 1.5 if it's like somebody who talks really slow. So I wanted to give y'all two episodes because why not we're doing two two episode weeks back to back it's fine you know we're learning the way things work i'd also just like to introduce that i have a new member of the where are we now team i met them in new york uh we kind of met through friends of friends uh through the podcasting world and the comedy world out in new york and ended up going to um Rosh Hashanah services together in the fall of 2019. The last normal fall, I think, before the Panini shut everything down. And I'm just so honored to have them working with us. I had a moment where I was like, what would a queer icon who supports their community do in this situation? And Spirit was like, hire a trans editor. So I went ahead and did that. Please welcome to the Where Are We Now family, Reed Pope. They're amazing. I'm so, so honored to have them as the editor for Where Are We Now. They're amazing. Seriously, Reed, thank you so much. Love you. And uh, let's get into today's episode. I hope you like it. OM freaking G. Who do we have here on the pod today? You might know them from a little movie called School of Rock. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I was in it, but this person was in it as well. They're in the original cast of Kiss My Aztec and in Julie Tamer's Midsummer Night's Dream and many, many more things, all the things. And they are just like an amazing person. And we're like both non-binary and like living our fucking truth. And I love them so much. Please welcome to your ears, Z Infante. Beow, 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 beow. Hey, hello Hi. everyone. How's hello. it going? Hey, Rivka. Just Hi, chilling. I'm so grateful to be here. Uh, what a wonderful way to spend a Monday afternoon on this planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, it's it's good. I'm feeling the good vibes. Uh, literally, how are you? How am I? So today, I love a daily check-in. Yes. Uh, and you know me in terms of gratitude. I'm like, very game about starting with what where I'm where I'm at with what I'm grateful for. And today I'm really grateful for my partner Brian. He's just such a good human being and we had a little surprise party for him this weekend to, you know, um bring him together with friends and it was really nice and today I'm feeling refreshed. Um I just uh so I've been in recovery for um 4 years now, almost 4 years now I worked with my sponsor. 
I worked out. I'm seeing a personal trainer because, girl, I have no motivation, boo. Oh, boo-boo. Um, I am, like, trying. I'm trying. Um, but he's so great. Um, I love my trainer. Such a positive human being. I'm just trying to surround myself with with um, like-minded human beings. And I'm realizing more and more that today is one of those days where I'm just trying to magnetize the love, which is why I'm here with you and just... I like it's no accident. It's no accident that you asked me to to join you, and I'm. I need. I don't this, believe um, in accidents. Of, hey, you know what I mean? I, like, I'm there's no you. such thing as an accident. There's nothing happens in this universe by mistake. There's no such thing as an accident. And some people might think that I am hashtag toxic for saying that, but it's true. Like, and not to, not to do the whole like everything happens for a reason. Like, but. It does. Like there is literally a lesson or a blessing in everything. And it is not at all a coincidence that on this day that you've decided to like go for the materialization of self-love and self-care that you're talking with me on this pod about healing about and all of that. And congratulations on four years. That's fucking incredible. Your birthday's coming up too. And like, you're just leveling up and how wait, so are you about to be 30? Am I incorrect? Woo, you are right. And guess what I'm doing? Guess what I'm what? doing for my 30th? Oh my god, are you getting a tattoo? I am going to Aruba, baby. <gasps> oh my god. I've been once before and I just my partner and I have been so overwhelmed with work and you know, so many grateful for work and to have an opportunity to be of service in that way. But it's just been like a much needed break. Um, we're going to go snorkeling and jet skiing and just like, you know, Aruba is one of those islands is like very pandemic free. Um, so I'm very excited to sort of feel like I'm in a safe place. You have to get tested and everything when you get there and when to come back and, um, I'm feeling like I'm taking the right steps. I'm fully vaccinated. I believe that COVID is a real thing. Um, Hell yeah. I can't believe how I cannot believe how many people are like, it's not a thing. I'm like, no, tell that to the people who have been affected by it. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, hello. Um, hello. So I'm healthy and grateful for that. But yeah, I'm going to be 30. How oh my God. your birthday's in July. August. It's the same day as my mom's, right? August 18th. August. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. I was thinking you were my sister, but it's the 18th. Yeah. My mom or my mom. Wow. Well, yes, your mom and myself have the same birthday. Fun. Leo stuff. Leo vibes. It's always a good day. It is a good day. Who else has that birthday? Caitlin Olsen from uh, Always Sunny and the Mick have our birthday. Mika has our birthday. Um, There's a couple. Like I think uh, Patrick Swayze has the same birthday as us. Um, There's a lot of good people born on August 18th. Um, Oh, and Francis Bean Cobain. I share mine with Billy Joel. That's, <gasps> I know mine's with Billy Joel. I love so like, Billy Joel. All right, I'll take that iconic vibe. I love Billy Joel so much. He's like one oh, of my, my favorite birthday. storytellers. Yeah, yeah. Billy Joel is, ugh, I love that Zanzibar has become this like TikTok, like Gen Z trend. And it's like, we've been knowing Zanzibar. Anyway, uh, not to form a rift between millennials and Gen Z, which famously has been a rift. Um, but okay, so... I want to, I want to talk about so many things with you, but I like to, I like to let people just like, yeah, where are you physically, mentally, spiritually? You're in Jersey. Yes. Where you're doing amazing work as the, what are you, what is your position again? Yeah. So I currently serve as the director of youth outreach for the Future Perfect Project, which is a grant-based organization 
that provides free arts programming to LGBTQ plus teens. Uh, we believe the self-expression of LGBTQ plus youth and allies is a declaration of a better future for us all. And we do that by, by providing all, all sorts of free programming and amplifying their voices through media, audio projects, um, animation projects. It's like the coolest job that I have had outside of my performance work. Um, so where are we now? I love that you have this. I'm also, let me just also start by saying how proud of you I am. I mean that with so much humility. I'm just grateful that you're like taking steps to connect people and tell stories. You're such a brilliant storyteller. And I'm, I'm grateful that you asked me to join you today because it's so important for me to reflect on what the past was by beginning with where I am today. Um, and so it's funny to think of that like 11 year old, um, Z who is so, um, so boisterous, <laughs> mm. um, so energetic. I mean, you know me when we were in that first um, place where we were rehearsing and taking class in the beginning, I was like Dr. Phil when we do different like um, uh, daytime television shows. Do you remember that in that big theater that we had? I do was, remember that. Oh my God. You just, I didn't remember um, that until you just said it, but that just unlocked so many. I remember that space so well, so vividly. I remember also one of my first memories of that space was Veronica telling me, I think maybe the dirtiest joke I had ever heard at that point. Cause I grew up in like a pretty repressed home. Like, I mean, my dad is pretty like, you know, he's pretty crass, but like Veronica told me this, like, I don't even remember what the joke was, but I had never heard another kid say the word vagina. And I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God, vagina! She told oh me the God, dirtiest, so I, I literally vagina. can't remember the joke. It was so funny though. And I was like, I love these people. Like instantly, I felt like, I felt like with everyone, um, except for <laughs> Martin, <laughs> but <laughs> But then we got Jane. <laughs> God, God bless him. God bless, God bless him. Martin. Good for him. I think he got a Verizon commercial at some point after. <laughs> Just like good for him. <laughs> Get that national TV money. Get that Verizon money, honey. <laughs> but then we we were blessed with James. And that was like an amazing, like, you know, experience to like round out the cast. Um, but I really like vibed and like instantly loved everybody immediately, including the moms. And you yeah. were, I do always yeah. remember you being like this, like very like boisterous, like performing, like, and I don't know, you should have a talk show. Like, I feel like you are like talk show host energy. I'm ready. Once, um, once my time comes, I've always been that person who's like, you know, whoa, I would love to win a Tony. I'd love to win an Oscar. Like those are dreams and I will not give up on them. Um, because we can never talk about our dreams enough. Uh, but I've also been that person that's like, wouldn't it be cool to host the Tonys or the Oscars? Like, that would be, I would love that kind of uh, opportunity one day um, to be able to host. And I've had some, uh, with the Future Perfect Project, we actually do an interview series called FPP Live, where we interview um, queer um, idols, icons, amazing artists who are at the top of their field, uh, yourself included. You were one of my first guests. Yes, I think you might so have been fun. my first interview on the series. Um, so I was just like, who is really queer and I trust and can talk to about anything? Oh, Rivka. <laughs> you've had some iconic guests on that show. You've had like Bob the Drag Queen and like you've had like um, yes. Zach Barrick and uh, 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 Emma Jane and like all, all sorts of just like incredible queer icons that 
like we know and love and the world deserves to know and love them too. Uh, Brian, I know is doing an episode. Uh, that's yeah. Tonight. That, oh shit. Okay. Hell yeah. Tonight. Well, the, the podcast will be coming out after the fact. So if you're listening to oh, this right. now, you can check out future perfect project on Instagram. Is that the, is that the official handle? We'll put it in the show notes too and watch all of the interviews. Yes. Yeah. It's all on YouTube. So it'll be there. Um, and so thinking about that young, boisterous, flamboyant, um, fabulous young me, uh, I recognize how the, the attributes that I continue to possess and those that have changed, you know, like I was, I can identify with you, Rivka. Like I was in a pretty repressed household. Um, we didn't really talk about things, um, around sexuality in particular, and um, it was one of those, like, don't talk about family problems outside of the house, um, which didn't lead for the most um, safe and, and open expression of feelings for a long time. But that's why I have a therapist. Um, best mm-hmm. thing ever happened to me. Next to my dog. I can't. Oliver, my dog, is probably the best being in this planet. Um, I love dogs. And he's so old now. Um, love him. And, uh yeah, I've continued to pursue uh, film, television, and theater, um, and and uh, my career as an arts educator and a policymaker. I serve on my town's um, board of education, um, so I, I'm steering away from politics as much as I am from policy. Um, so, being on the board of education feels like a way to express my activism uh, in a way that's like, oh, how do you how do you impact real change? Um, I do so as an activist and I do so as a policymaker. Um, and, uh, that's really invigorating. Um, but I love, you know what I miss Rivka? What do you miss? I mean, we all miss it. We, those of us who are in performance, but I really miss the stage. I, I miss, miss being the in front stage. of people and being able to tell stories, you know, that like that, that visceral response, that audible response from live people. Um, oh my God. I miss like audience. something that I love to say. <clears throat> I fully, and I love this audience. I love our audio audience. I'm uh-huh. thanking you all now for listening. The internet audience is wild, and I've been enjoying going live on TikTok and Insta throughout the panty. Um, but I do really miss being physically on stage. I like, you know, also uh, I do a lot of speaking arrangements and engagements, and like it's it's nice to like you know, feel the vibes of people through the computer screen and like watch people and like see people nodding and see people like taking notes when I'm like speaking and whatever. But like, I am just like, I am ready to like be in a room full of people masked safely, socially distant and fully vaxxed, uh, hopefully very soon. I really miss the live performance. I miss doing stand up. I miss doing my like I, I miss karaoke honestly like karaoke was like some of the most fun I've ever had uh, <laughs> like performing live yes same yeah what was your go-to yeah, karaoke I, um, song when we would do our little uh, karaoke parties oh my gosh you know wow what was it it was probably something Michael Jackson I feel like that was like I remember being early on at like our our jumpstart party singing some sort of Michael Jackson um like beat it do you know what I mean like I was like I was so such a little punk back then um uh, yes and um I thought it was so badass um but I was also a little bit of a goody two-shoes I won't deny it um <laughs> you were a bit I of a goody two-shoes being praised 
I loved being pretty. Well, oh my God. When, when I think of the people that I was with in terms of being a badass, I was like nowhere near you and Joey and Kevin and you guys were all fucking crazy. <laughs> we were assholes. Like, honestly, they, the fact that they had to, they had to put, they had to separate us sometimes because like Joey and Kevin and I were like little, like we were just maniacs. We were, we were like little Tasmanian devils. All of us, I think have like severe ADD and like class like onset tutoring was hard for us because we would just literally be like making ridiculous like faces at each other. And like, I remember, I remember very, very vividly a day where Joey and Kevin and I were just like too much and you like blew up and you were just like, you guys don't take anything seriously. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. And like, I I love you so much. Oh my God. That was, that that is like one of my very vivid uh, memories from tutoring. Yep, same here. I was such a diva. I remember like <laughs> I was like stacking and organizing people's books and someone called me out and I remember being like who do you think you are? Like I am helping you. But that like is such a, a an attribute that I've worked on in adulthood is like <sighs> Not trying to fix everything and not trying to put people in place. Do you know when you're laughing, Rivka's fan is over. I'm just like fully red. Face. I'm like fully red. It, it's just like Z Infante playing God since 91. Uh. <laughs> since 91, exactly. The actor, the director, the producer, all of it. All of it. Are. Crafty. Um, but I, am so, I have since, I think that I've made, no, I definitely have made changes. There's definitely especially when I think about my relationship, it's such a, like, I remember telling my therapist, it's like, this is the first time I'm in a healthy, healthy relationship because I was so controlling, you know, I was so, um, just trying to micromanage everything and everyone for so long. Um, and that's definitely something that happened from a young age. I mean, before school of rock, I was doing a lot of voiceover. So it was like a lot of me being by myself. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, in a studio and doing PSAs and, I did this one. It's so funny. I remember being uh, Nickelodeon had this pilot called me and my friends, which later began became the TV show backyard which was on Nick jr. For a very long time. And um, I have no resentment whatsoever about it. Um, but my mom was watching an episode of driven that show. I feel it was that VH one or MTV, one of them. Um, and it was an episode on Nick Jonas or the Jonas brothers or whatever. And, um, they talked about Nick being in the uh, beauty and the beast when he was a little kid on Broadway. And my mom went and looked back at her, cause she took, Oh my God. She took intense notes, my entire childhood acting career. Um, hashtag codependency. And <laughs> um, I remember her being like, Oh my God, when we did me and my friends, you recorded with Nick Jonas. So when I was 10 and Nick was eight, we recorded a pilot together. My mom like has, their number his mom's number um and had notes of like their names and everything yeah so that was back in the day i was just as um i don't know like i was just as meticulous as my mother and i i can still be i definitely chilled out a lot um i think that i'm a a little bit more uh laid back and i take things as a as they come instead of like trying to be so um, preemptive or like panic ready, you know, um, I definitely have a go bag. Do you mean God forbid something happens? Um, and I know I'm headed to the mountains kind of thing. Mm. Um, but uh, <laughs> survival um, mode, yeah. anxiety at work. 
you know, like I will survive for as long as I know how to love. I, uh, I definitely have chilled out though. You've noticed that in me though, right? Am I crazy? You are not crazy. And like, also I don't diagnose people, but like, I think you're, you're <laughs> definitely, you know, and, and we can talk about this. Um, if you'd like, like, I would love to know how you found Buddhism and chanting and meditation. Um, like where did that kind of come into your journey? Yeah. So, uh, really great question. It was about three three years ago. I think this summer will make three years. Um, I was doing a show called Alice by Heart, which was written by uh, Duncan Cheek and Stephen Sater, the writers of Spring Awakening. And we were doing it off Broadway. Uh, but we were at the New York Stage and Film Academy doing a workshop of the project um, up in Poughkeepsie at uh, Vassar College. And I just remember hearing that they were Buddhists. And I had a friend who introduced um, the concept of Namyoho Renge Kyo to me, um, which uh, essentially means uh, devotion to the mystic law of cause and effect through sound. And um, I remember vibing with it really attunely and then recognizing that Duncan and Steven shared this practice. I was like, if it's working for them, maybe it'll work for me. And I was really attracted to the sound because music has definitely been, to me, is the most healing and unifying um, expression of art that I know and that I practice. And I remember thinking, oh, let me try this because I have been... uh, looking for spiritual growth my entire life. I've always been a spiritual person. Um, and I used to, I was raised Catholic, God bless the Catholics. Um, and, uh, all respect and love, but, uh, it didn't work for me. It just didn't work for me. It didn't line up with who I am. And it caused a lot of distress around spirituality for a long time. So when I found Buddhism, it was like, wait, there's no punishing God. There's no Supreme being. There's, it, it is simply, um, you know that like love and, and um, unity of all living beings, um, you know, so the prayer practice, the chanting practice, Namioho Renge Kyo, um, say it out loud. If you're listening, just give it a try. It will awaken you. It, Can you, you know, say it I shouldn't slow? say what it will do for you. It awakened me. Um, huh? Can you say it slow? Oh, yeah. Nam, Nam. Myoho, Myoho Renge, Renge Kyo. Kyo. Nam. Mioho Renge Ko Kyo Kyo K Y O. Um, so it's a it's a translation into Japanese of the lot of like essentially the essence of the Lotus Sutra. Nam Mioho Renge Kyo. You've got it. Oh my gosh, you're awakened to your Buddhahood, Rivka. Yes, welcome. I feel it. I I've I know I've seen it on paper before, and I knew what it meant when in, when you said it. You said it differently than when I've read it out like read it to be I don't know what it, I don't know I know it was like about devotion and sound and and those things oh my god I, I like literally have chills right now what the heck oh my god all of my thick We're thick body hair is just like standing up we have to we have to I do I do meditation I, I do silent meditation um just because my brain is so loud and I feel like 
chanting has been so many people have like talked about chanting recently that I've like listened to on like podcasts or like friends just randomly be oh yeah I chant every morning and I'm like I gotta get on that because I knew you'd been doing it and it'd been working miracles in your life and I just I, I I love silent meditation I love a guided meditation I'm like right now um working with Carolyn Elliott who wrote the book Existential Kink and I'm in um her wealth program and there's um she has a bunch of like guided meditations on there that I do uh every day as part of my practice and like I love those because it feels like I'm being like guided and like hypnotized and like I really like the trance state that I get into not trans state but the trance state of uh meditation but I'm always in a trance state baby um yes, you know but um yeah yeah uh, I love, I love all forms of meditation, even journaling, meditation, writing, walking, meditation, sleeping, meditation, um, shower, meditation, you know, whatever it is. Like I, I've really, it's leveled me up. It's leveled me up. And I feel like the world is like now starting to meditate collectively, which is really nice. Um, and the panty has been kind of like a global pause, which, you know, it's so important to just like stop for a second. And just look and listen yeah, and perceive. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious about um, the program that you've been doing because I know that you've expanded exponentially in terms of not just your material wealth, but like your um, spiritual abundance. Um, and I'm wondering, like, how is that working for you in your life? Well, it's good. The, the, you know, I, I'm not too I'm not in agreement with every thing that Carolyn Elliott has to offer. I love her program and I love her work right now. Like and it is really like a good companion to the like recovery work that I've been doing and also my therapy, but existential kink is basically about getting what you want by getting off on what you don't want. So like in life, you know, we don't want to be pissed on. We don't want like, you know, in just like regular ordinary life, like we don't want to be like choked and stepped on, stepped on and whatever, but like the BDSM community and kink, like that's something that pe- some people like, like, you know, uh, being humiliated or being physically in pain or being degraded, um, you know, emotionally. Um, and so it's kind of like applying kink law and boundaries to regular life and situations in life like scarcity or poverty or like repeated cycles and relationships and stuff. So it's basically getting to the root of like acceptance of the fact that deep down in me, there is a freaky little subby little bratty part of myself that really likes scarcity and really likes being in toxic relationships and really likes being made to feel small. Um, and essentially it like helps me process it more as like a game and like the way I like to think about it is that like God or higher power or spirit or the universe is my dom and I'm just like I'm just there for whatever they want to put me through oh I feel awakened to a different pers- like just a oh, like a different perspective I'm really glad that you put it that way like in terms of relationship with the spirit of the universe because it's so um I so attach it and I've done this in my adult life um, in particular with relationships. Cause I, I came out when I was 16, but I really started taking um, relationships seriously, seriously. Like I was in relationships, but not like I wasn't taking them seriously until I was probably like 21 um, when I was in my longest long-term relationship. But I, um, I allowed my relationships, my partners to be my higher power. 
um, I allowed my partners to sort of be this end all be all. And that's back to the hashtag codependent because that I just mirrored that behavior with my parents for a very long time. I had cancer when I was in high school, um, which was also a thing. Um, so my dependency on others like took a next level and it was really interesting having that experience and in retrospect, being able to recognize like it as a gift, you know, it as a, as a form of abundance, like, and rather than the punishment that I thought it was, cause I had this vicious cycle of thinking that like God was punishing me by giving me cancer, punish me for being gay by giving me cancer. Um, and it's been so nice to like transform that mentality into a, like what you're saying of like, or what I hear you saying, what I'm taking away from what you're saying is that like, it really is a, is an attitude and perspective change of, of like what has happened in my life rather than stewing and, and simmering in all of the muck. Um, I can, uh, transform it. Um, and that's been a huge part of my, my Buddhist practice as well as transforming my karma, transforming. And what I mean by that is, is transforming what, um, my destiny is. Yeah. Destiny and karma get so abused, I feel. And I'm speaking from personal experience with like my mom, like she would always do this thing where it'd be like, oh, karma's going to get you. Like your karma's going to like, oh, you, that's bad karma. Like I'd stub my toe. I'd be like, that's your karma for lying to me earlier. That's your karma for not doing your homework. And it's like, oh, like God's going to get you. And like that get you God that like, you know, a lot of Catholic uh, kids grow up with and a lot of get you God. Yes. Get you God. Yeah. That's a fun, uh, <laughs> that is a term from <laughs> one of my many uh, recovery uh, avenues. Uh, get you God. And like, having to or not having to but like coming into recovery and like hearing other people say that they had the same experience with growing up with like a punishing god like you mentioned um and having a god that like punished you for being fill in the blank queer black trans an alcoholic um an addict whatever like and then having to and getting to fire that god and i actually like you know i had a fun like writing exercise that I gave myself where I wrote an, a letter of termination uh, to the the patriarchal white bearded man God that I was raised with and was like, dear God, quote, like quotation marks God, because that's not God. Like we all know, or not we, I'm going to speak from the eye. Like I know that that's not at least the God that works for me. Um, I was like, dear God, like, Thank you so much for all of the work you've done so far. Um, I'm going to have to let you go and find somebody that's more aligned with my uh, needs and my boundaries for this job of the great employer and like appreciate you. Uh, You know, you're you're doing a great job, but you're just not the right fit for me. And then I had to put out like a hiring Mm -hmm. letter and write out all the qualities that I was looking for in a higher power, higher presence, source of light, whatever it is. And I got it. Like, I I mean, I got exactly the God that I asked for. Like, this is like the best ever. Like, I feel so connected, like and having my like higher power be this like, you know, dominatrix like (laughs) it Loki works. It literally works because I'm just grateful because, you know, I'm not like I'm not a submissive person, like as far as like actual like, you know, play in the bedroom goes like necessarily. Um, but like, you know, 
what I know of that is like subs are very grateful for everything. Oh, thank you, mistress. Thank you, miss. And when I can thank God for the little like slaps in the face that I get occasionally, I'm just like, thank you. Like, thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> um, and it, yes. it helps me Fuck a lot. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, but I, I, sorry to go on that tangent for so long. Um, but oh, I asked you, I want to know. I love this. I love a dialogue. <laughs> I love you. Uh, but <laughs> I want to know, because I remember, I do remember finding out that you had di- had been diagnosed with cancer and being very, very worried. And, and you know, um, are you in a place where you'd like to kind of talk about some of the journey of, like, being a cancer survivor? Yeah, yeah. So it's been almost, how many years? It's been almost 15 years since I was diagnosed and was in remission. Uh, so I'm in good health. I saw an oncologist actually for the first time in a while, about two years ago now, almost, almost two years. And, um, it was really great. Cause I lived with this constant fear of like, well, what if it comes back? What if it comes back? And it was the first time that I'd heard that like the chances of it coming back are so slim that as long as I keep living a healthy lifestyle, I should be, um, I should be in the clear. So that was really, that's been really reassuring. Um, it's funny to like contextualize it with being a child actor because I, I saw, I, I worked from like the age of 10 to like 14 pretty actively. And then we kind of took a break for me to be in high school and actually like live high school. So when I got sick, it was like all, I, I thought all was lost in terms of performance. Like I'd never be on Broadway. I'd never be in another movie. Um, you know, like listen to me count my chickens, um, another movie. Um, what a great opportunity to have been in one, um, and a pretty badass one if I don't say so myself. Um, but it was really hashtag codependent. Um, really, I guess I need to go to codependence anonymous. <laughs> I'm like thinking out loud. Don't do like, it. <laughs> wow. I'm talking a lot about it. Um, don't do it. So it's not fun. <laughs> Okay, well, good to have your um, point of view. Um, but uh, just like thinking about how I like latched on to people, you know, to like have myself remembered, to have a legacy, um, because I didn't know what the outcome was going to be at the time. So um, I think it's been a really transformative experience growing up and, and surviving cancer, in that I just see things, I think, through a different lens. Like, for instance, when the pandemic started, I was like, oh, I'm not, this is no joke. Like, even if it is not as going to be, if it's not going to be as bad as it ended up being, I was like, I'm going to take this seriously from the gut, you know? Um, and I feel as though there was this impetus to like be over precautious. Um, and because I just like, I knew what it was like to lose people to cancer, you know, from throughout my life. And, um, and I will, um, because of the, you know, just the communities that I, I surround myself with and, uh, I've learned to accept and, and process death in a way and not be afraid of saying death. Um, because I feel like the more we talk about it, the less scary it becomes. And, uh, it was a real, I think what happened was initially I was like, YOLO, you know, like, let me go hard. And I partied hard and I lived it up and. I still party pretty hard and I still live it up, but I just don't attack my body or punish my body in the way that I used to. 
Um, because I feel like I had this relationship with my body of anger and resentment and um, deception. Like I felt like my body had tricked me and betrayed me um, for so long. And what I, I've come to build a relationship with my body that is healthier, um, not perfect, but um, where I cherish it uh, a bit more. And again, I want to preface for the listeners that like, I am no saint, um, but I, uh, I try and manifest things through what I say more and more. Um, yeah, as words I'm growing are spells. Up working in recovery. It, yeah, because if I don't, I know that I'm going to get stuck in this pattern of letting life happen to me instead mm. of being a part and an active partner in my life, um, an active participant, um, instead mm. of just like, you know, being at the whim of um of sort of this punishing getcha god to to reference it back because that's just not the way i live my life anymore it it that that i can say honestly is 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 has occurred is like the psychic change that's happened in my life is like i don't let um my my thoughts control my actions the way in which i used to there's definitely an influence for sure and i sometimes my my uh, inner saboteur's name is Jimmy. So, <gasps> Mine is um, Brenda. Uh, J I M M. Yours is Brenda. Yeah. How do you spell it? B R E N D A. Okay, mine's Jimmy with an I E. Like, Ooh. it can't because I have too many friends named Jimmy with a Y. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, I don't want to stone them in that way. Um, and <laughs> and um, I just feel as though there is uh the relationship with Jimmy is so much more like, okay, I, I gotcha. I hear you inner saboteur. Um, I am conscious of you. You can have a seat at the table, but you're not going to control the conversation. Um, there's too much light in my life. Like I don't have problems today. I have situations. And that's, I think a whole perspective, again, a perspective shift from when I was working as a child was like, I remember there was this one audition I went on for a Christmas Carol. Um, when that was still on Broadway and, um, I performed a song. Oh no, it wasn't, was it Christmas girl or no, it was, it was for nine. It was for the revival of nine with Antonia Banderas and like side story. We, mom and I got there early and we actually got to meet Antonia Banderas, um, which was so cool. And my mom was like, I'll never wash my hand. I was like, you better wash your hand lady. Um, and there were these kids that were in a Christmas Carol that um, I remember them talking about me. They were like talking and, and saying things and whispering things in the elevator, in the elevator. Um, and I just remember telling my mom at age 10, like, please don't ever let me become like them. You know, let me not like be this insidious gossip. Um, and like, just try and live in a negative space. Um, mm. and so actually I'm really glad that I, this conversation is reminding me of that because it's, it's a, it's just a refresher that I constantly need to come back to because there's like, I mean, you could speak about this in your own life. Like there's constant evolution, you know? I mean, we could talk about this in regards to our queerness. It's like, I'm not, I'm not done. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm fully evolved. I found my name, which is really cool. Um, Talk about it. I'm Tell also me. playing around with neo pronouns. Tell me about all recently? of that. 
No, I want to know all about that. My solo episode that I recorded this morning was about my name journey and my gender journey. So I want to hear about yours. So Neo pronouns and how did you find your name? Yeah. So Neo pronouns, I started messing with them around like, I don't know, maybe a month ago, to be honest. And I've, I've, I came out as trans maybe three or four years ago ish. And, um, I've been using they, them pronouns since for about two years now. Mm-hmm. And I just realized like Z and Zer are pronouns that like just make sense with my name. If that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. Um, they just make sense with like who I am and, the letter Z has always been something that I'm attached to. Right. It's a great um, letter. Because I find it to be special and, and challenging. And um, yeah. And so I came out when I, I came out as gay, as a cis gay person, when I was 16. No, 14. I came out to my parents when I was 16. I came out to friends when I was 14. And I remember coming out as bi, actually. I came out as bi first. Mm-hmm. And then someone Same. told me, they were like, you are eventually going to come out as gay. I was like, fuck you. Like, who do you think you are? And I eventually came out as gay. Um, (laughs) That's all I knew. You know what I mean? Those were the only words that I knew at the time. I knew that I was attracted to men, but this is the funny thing is that I still knew that I was attracted to women and I'll get back to that shortly. Um, So I came out, um, I went to college and like really came out. Like I was, um, I was the fag in the hat my freshman year for um, Halloween and I wore NYU booty shorts, these rainbow suspenders, a rainbow, like, cat in the hat hat. And um, that's amazing. I, um, yeah, I wore a condom, a tail of condoms. It was ridiculous. Um, oh my God, I should have trigger, like, um, trigger warned using the F word. My apologies for this. Oh, that's okay. Um, um, yeah, that's so funny. That's like um, a kind of like a nod to TLC. Because remember when they had the outfits where they, they were like condoms sewn into their outfits? Oh my God. Yes. You better reference yeah. TLC. My girls. Safe I sex. love TLC. I live. Safe sex. I was having so much sex when I was in college. Oh my God. And that Ugh. was like, it was an explosion. Same. Um, and um, it was just like an outrageousness that like, so I was much just trying, I was, I was trying to find love and acceptance through sex and it just did not, it has not panned out to this point in my life. So I'm glad I have a partner that it works with. Um, uh, I want what you have. And, um, yes, yes. So when I came out as trans a couple years ago as non-binary, um, I started to recognize like, wait, wait, I'm not gay. I'm not a man. I'm not gay. So wait, I don't have to just be attracted to men anymore. Or like, I never had to be attracted to just men. Um, and I never was just attracted to men. Cause I was like, wait, trans bodies, like trans men, trans women, tra- you know, like non-binary people, like all of the above were like finally options for my expression of love and sexuality and sexual desire. And, um, that has been one of the most freeing and relieving, um, experiences that I've had, um, as well in terms of like, from when I first came out in the queer community, um, to really finding my place is what it was. It's like, I was, I was, in so, there were, you, I mean, you know, this, the internalized homophobia is real. Um, and, um, 
it is it it's been so nice to like not be a homophobe anymore yeah do you suffer from the trifecta of um internalized transphobia internalized homophobia and internalized racism like i do yeah yes like well that's the thing i i was saying this to a group of my white friends the other day my friends who are white my white friends whatever you want to call them (laughs) um um that uh you know it's not enough to just be not a racist we have to be actively anti-racist yep we have to be actively anti come on angela davis uh, we have to be anti. yes yes angela oh god name all the the giants of our of our movements um and we stand on the shoulders of giants we really do um and i'm reckoning with that in such a um a profound way in my adult life and my partner accepts my queerness um part of me feels like i like need to come out as not gay if that if that makes any sense not that i'm like trying to get into another relationship i'm very content and it's been really nice to, to like find that contentness that happiness that joy um in partnership with another person but to also be able to say to the, to him like i'm not gay you know mm-hmm. um is really important for me uh, for him yeah, to there know is, that there is becoming a distinction between gay and queer now um i say gay as like a blanket term just like i say queer but I, I do identify as both gay and queer. Like, I, I am gay in that I am attracted to, like, people of the same gender as me. And I am gay in that I sometimes ID as a lesbian or a dyke. Um, and then, but also, like, I don't know. I low-key, like, you know, if people want to call... Like, I have a friend who is also trans-mask. Not, I mean, I'm, I'm still flirting with the, like, trans-mask identity. I don't consider myself to be a man. I don't consider myself to be a trans-man. But I do consider myself to have masculine energy. Um, king energy, I think, is is better to say than masculine energy. Um, I identify as both a king and a goddess. And <laughs> um, I, I do have, mm-hmm. like, a, a few, like, you know, trans mask friends who, like, we lovingly, like, call each other, like, twinks and, like, stuff like that. And, like, that, you know, that feels good. Queer feels good. I don't necessarily identify as like bi. I mean, technically, yes, I'm attracted to more than one gender, which is what bi means and like all of that. But there are so many words. And like we said, words are spells. Um, The word that feels the most comfortable for me is queer because queer, I feel like has a tenderness to it. It has a gentle and a softness to it. Whereas gay feels very cis. (laughs) Gay feels like Ellen DeGeneres. It does to an extent. Well, I love <laughs> you expanding my... You always do this. Or I always feel this when you say anything. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> come on. I love the way you just, just flipped like that. The, the expansion. The, yes. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Where Are We Now with Rivka Reyes. Please check us out on Instagram at Where Are We Now Pod. And if you like our show, please leave us a review. If you leave a review and DM a screenshot on Instagram at Where Are We Now Pod, I will pull a tarot card for you. That's right. I might also give you some tough love. You might need it. Join our community on Patreon for BTS content, personal shoutouts, and more. Patreon.com slash Rivka Reyes. You can follow me at Rivka Reyes on Twitter and at Rivka.Reyes on 
on Instagram and TikTok. Last but not least, I must give credit where credit is due. The music is produced by Elise Watman. The graphics are designed by Marina Heinze. And the editing is done by my friend, Reed Pope. So cool. Love to see it. Finally, just know wherever you are in your life, physically, mentally, spiritually, you are loved. Get used to it, babe. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.